It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. You know, the simple question, and I'm just going to ask the pedestrian level question for you, and I'm sure many of you have seen the story of Matt Meyer, the California Teachers Association union boss who was dropping his daughter off at a private school while telling parents and students, you can't go back to public schools. So my basic question is, what's the difference when literally, as I've looked at this issue over the months and now over the last year, but certainly over the last months when we know more about infection rates, possibilities, the science, private schools are open. They're not super spreader events. There are occasional issues of infections. That happens. And public schools a half a mile away or a mile away or whatever in the same town or not. The virus doesn't choose between public school and private school. But they're not also taking into account what's going on with our students. You're going to see data points develop. They already are, but data points developed and produced in reports by a number of organizations in the coming weeks and months that will demonstrate the failure of education and the losers are the very people who need to be educated. And then, of course, we lose as a community. Will Swain, president of the California Policy Center, uh, joins me now. Education, the parent union fighting to get children educated. Will, good morning. How are you? Good morning, David. Thanks for having me. Thanks. And by the way, I apologize. I made a mistake. I said, Swain, it's Swain. I've had this <laughs> going on uh, because there's a Carol as well, but not no relation at all. Different spelling. So, Will, what's going on here? Parents are fighting back. Well, what's fascinating, David, as you point out, is that uh, there is increasing pressure by parents and uh, many of whom belong to our parent union organization in California. And these are the union's most reliable allies until now. These are people who are self-described progressives and Democrats, and the unions used to always be able to count on turning these people out in school board elections. And all of a sudden, the tide has turned, and parents are just ticked off. They've had enough of promises the schools will open and then distractions about why they can't. What can, and, and the Zoom blackout, I thought, was a, a good way to start this. But Okay, we're done. Okay, we're not turning it on. Enough already. Not to mention the technological issues, the ineffectual, how do you track student at- attentiveness, training, so many things that have gone wrong with the, electro- the cobbled together electronic system. But what is it that the parents' union can do consistently to push back And understandably, if they're on lockdown, in the case of California at home with their kids, they can also take a greater role in educating their children. It may not be the role that the, you know, the test wants you to take, but the parents have a responsibility and they have a challenge. They do indeed. And, you know, most parents are trying to hold it together, whether they're rich or poor. They're trying to go about their daily lives, which are demanding. Well, teachers union representatives tell them the schools can't be reopened. Uh, because they're unsafe. You already alluded to the fact that the science is absolutely clear. Kids K through 12 do not catch, uh, transmit, or die from this disease in the same way that older people and the infirm do. So parents understand the science now. What can they do? 
you referred to the Zoom blackout. That's a that was a protest uh, about a week ago in L.A. Especially, it was huge. It was just parents signing off the distance learning uh, program that has already been shown to have failed. L.A. Unified School District can't account for somewhere between 50 and 100,000 of its students who have not checked in one time during this online debacle. So. Um, I think the most important thing we can do is to keep up the pressure on our school boards. Uh, unfortunately, in California, that means you're confronting the power of the teachers union. Our teachers union in California is the most powerful and wealthiest teachers union in the country. They earn about $300 million per year in dues, and they spend that electing candidates for school boards. And those school board officials know which side their bread is buttered on, so they've just done what the teachers union has demanded they do. Keep the schools locked up, hold the kids hostage, and give the teachers union an entire menu of very left-wing sorts of social initiatives in order to return to school. When you look at the effects on the the children, the students, and I got to tell you, I, I had a call from a lady, a mom in New Mexico a few weeks back, and she talked very openly about what her son was going through. I, I can never get this call out of my head, nor am I trying to, because it was so very real. Her child had become depressed. Her child wanted to go to school. I liked school. I wanted to go see my friends. I could understand that. And as soon as her child was able to go back to school, there was such a remarkable turnaround. But there are so many children across America paying the price for this political fight. That's the term I have for it at this point. You know, those children clearly don't matter to these bosses. This is the remarkable thing, isn't it, David? These are the very, you know, the, the unions say they're standing up to protect the kids. The science shows that closing the schools has been devastating to children, a rise in mental health distress issues, kids showing up in emergency rooms with panic attacks, suicide rates through the roof. The Journal of the American Medical Association just came out with a report correlating, really interestingly, the promise to open schools but then the refusal to open schools with a spike in childhood suicide rates. I mean, this is deadly serious, no pun intended at all. This is super serious. We know for a fact that closing the schools is hurting kids and sometimes even killing them. And the teachers union then conversely and perversely insists, no, 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 we've got to keep them all closed because COVID. So what do they do? I mean, the parents are standing up, but, you know, should the children uh, and look, there's a difference between using children, which I'm completely against. I just want to be clear about that. So I don't want people to take that that way. But having the children involved more vocally, is it, you know, maybe look, a minor is a tough thing for a parent. You want to protect your child. But your cho- when your child's voice needs to be heard because it matters to them, how can parents strategize and work together to have their children there? I fought education battles, Will. I brought students and teachers into the state house in Ohio when John Kasich was killing ECOT. I, I've gone in there. I've been there. I've seen what these kids want and their parents want. How can they, you, you know, bring the children into this argument? 
Well, David, you've got it exactly right. And the Zoom blackout was a great example of that. There were actually in-person demonstrations all over California last Monday. I went to one of them up in L.A. on the west side by the federal building right across the like two blocks from UCLA uh, and next to the 405 freeway, a massive interchange. And there were about 400 parents and kids. And these parents had brought their kids there. I, I think I talked to about 12 parents, not one of whom, by the way, described himself or herself as a conservative. All of them self-described Democrats or independents, but they had their kids there with them as a kind of a civics lesson. I, I talked to some of these young people, you know, 10 years old, 11, 12-year-old kids telling me why they were there. They were there because they wanted the government to reopen their schools. And I can't think of a more powerful, nonviolent way to initiate kids into the, the importance of democracy. A couple of the kids were wearing little signs around their necks that said, defund the teachers union. Uh, one of them said UTLA hostage, a reference to the United Teachers of Los Angeles Union. Uh, these are kids who were very, very articulate. They were white and black and brown and Asian-Americans, and it was a diverse, it was a rainbow of opposition, but primarily younger parents with these, with these children with them. So one of the things we do is coordinate between these parents around the state. They may belong to little local groups that have just kind of opened up organically to try to reopen the schools. They may belong to formal organizations, the NAACP in some places. But we're working to coordinate all these parents around the state. It's a big state, as you know, 40 million people and all the way from Oregon to the Mexican border. So the challenge is just introducing these parents and sometimes, David, even to teachers who have become really upset about this. This lockdown has driven teachers into our, our operation where we help teachers get out of their union. They're starting to see that the dues they've paid have come at the cost of their own profession, at the cost of their own dignity as teachers, and at a tremendous cost to children. So we're seeing teachers begin to leave a union that had been very, very strong before this pandemic. My guest, Will Swain, president of, <clears throat> excuse me, Will, the California Policy Center. Uh, you know, talking about the children brings another uh, question to mind. And I, I've seen this play over the years uh, where the agenda is sent home with the children to the parents in the form of a letter, you know, bring this to your parents. This is the play, usually typically during budget battles, etc. But it does get nasty. I reached out to a number of people across California to either directly answer for their children or get me some information. And I'm beginning to hear of a nasty battle and pressure campaign being carried out by the union quietly and you know this is where we are it's it's more of a power struggle than a debate over education you've got it exactly right as i said a moment ago you know these this union the california teachers association and its hundreds of locals are very wealthy very well organized they ha they control local school boards and watching their own constituents you know frequently liberal california parents turn against them has been a shock so they, they have launched a new messaging campaign in which they continue to say the same talking points wherever they are, from Santa Ana, California, to San Jose or to Sacramento. You hear the same line from the teachers union. We all want to return to schools and welcome our children again. But and what comes next is frequently a lie. It is that it's not safe for children to return. The teachers unions then offer a variety of moving goalposts, if you will, uh, in terms of case spread in the community, they offer racial explanations for why schools shouldn't reopen. 
Uh, my favorite, it comes right out of the Los Angeles Teachers Union, where they have argued that uh, they will not go back to school until they get increased pay, a new tax on millionaires, as they call anybody who makes more than the minimum wage, it seems. Uh, they've argued for defunding the police before they'll go back to school, universal basic income, universal health care, even for the undocumented. It's a remarkable menu of things that they're beginning to demand, you know, so that even as the science begins to tell us it's time to reopen, they have frankly and candidly told their members, we cannot let this crisis go to waste. Now is the time for us, they tell other teachers, now is the time for us to really push for these other, I'll just call them progressive and left-wing goals. You know, as you mentioned that, uh, the L.A. Teachers Union in the next I don't know if it's a few weeks or more, but but it's coming up. Aren't they going to hold a strike vote? Uh, they're not even going to work. What are they striking against? <laughs> uh, David, if you if you live in California, you would really truly appreciate that. One of the blessings of living here is irony. Um, yes, they don't work. The L.A. Teachers Union successfully fought the district. Uh, for a teaching regime that requires them to teach no more than two hours per day for four days per week. You can count. Uh, that's eight hours or so. Uh, they do not have to use video. There's no, requ- there's no allowance for their supervisors. That is a school principal, for instance, to drop in on the call, you know, the Zoom calls to see how education is going. They're allowed almost unlimited personal time to refuse to be available to their students. So they're really not working. And it's hard to deny the possibility that one motive in continuing this quote-unquote lockdown uh, for health reasons is really motivated by the deep desire to have a work schedule in which you get paid the same rate. This is state law now. You You get paid as much as you were last year plus a cost of living increase without actually having to go to work. It's a kind of interesting motivation, I think, for a number of teachers who may not have the best interests of their students at heart. Um, So one of the things to look at is that the strike is really aimed at perpetuating the claim. Again, the crisis cannot be allowed to go to waste. So, yes, this week, starting yesterday, uh, Monday, March 1st, the uh, teachers union went to its membership and asked for a strike vote. Every single one of their local union site reps, that's a representative of the union on the school site, has voted. A hundred percent of them voted for a strike. They do not want to return to school. Uh, So even as they say they wanted vaccines, as I say, they've got a whole other list of demands that you'll start to see percolate in this strike. And every time they hold a strike, their membership becomes just a little more loyal. I'm not sure that will hold out this year, though. I think they may be overplaying their hand. All right. So let's talk about playing poker with union bosses. You know, what you just said, Will, that, you know, without the vaccine, we're not going back to work and Correct me if I'm wrong, someone certainly will in this audience. I think it was either Alabama or Mississippi where someone called a while back and said, well, we began inoculating our teachers because if the argument is that the teachers need to be vaccinated, then fine, the state of California should vaccinate the teachers, take away the argument. You know, I'm for, you know, we want to make sure the elderly, the people with comorbidities, diabetes type two, uh, various other issues, heart attack, heart trans, you know, th- that they're taken care of. Fine. Let's give the teachers the vaccine. Let's give the, the staff, the assistant principal, the, the whatever, the janitor. Fine. We'll inoculate the system. 
we've already given out what 74 million doses around America where we're we've been moving since warp speed was put into play to get here so let's inoculate the teachers now what well we have friendly teachers telling us that there's a uh, more like a chess than a poker game going on here and that is at the same time the teachers union is demanding vaccines as i've said they also have this other list of demands that they must that must be met so let's just stipulate we give them all vaccines Many teachers are already hearing the teachers union message that the vaccine, because it was developed under Donald Trump, cannot be trusted. I talked to two teachers last Monday at this demonstration who want to reopen the schools, but say they won't get the vaccine because the union has said the vaccine is not yet to be trusted. You should let others go first and let's wait a while before we actually uh, inoculate teachers, immunize teachers. Um, So you can imagine that a percentage of teachers won't be immunized and the teachers union will point to them as the example, the reason for which schools can't be opened. So they're playing a kind of a a chess game there with the vaccine itself. I I agree with you completely that teachers ought to be vaccinated if that's what they want, except that we have examples across the country and around the world that show us the teacher's real danger is in the teacher's lounge. It's from other adults. That's where the transmission might take place. Every outbreak in schools that we have seen around the country and outside the country, around the world, every outbreak in a school has come because teachers mingled either with one another in a teacher's lounge setting or outside of school in social gatherings. It was not in the school. This is from the CDC. It's from the American Academy of Pediatrics, from the American Medical Association. I could go on. But study after study after study shows schools are not a significant source of breakouts. Quick story, in in New York City, the YMCA managed to maintain childcare for 40,000 children throughout the pandemic with a lower than average community spread of COVID virus. How did they do that? They took care of the teachers. They made sure the teachers and the parents were really protocol, that they had protocols in place for the adults. It's not the children. So, again, I say the vaccine is a distraction. That's not really what the unions want. What they really want is money, and they control the school board, so that's what they're going to press on. They will say that it's vaccines because every reasonable person, David, you, me, every one of your listeners here understands how important vaccines are. But that's not really their end game. Remember, in California, we are dealing with a group used to almost unilateral control of our political system. That's why we have a state majority in the legislature of Democrats. They have a supermajority in the state house. Every major statewide office is controlled by the teachers union and other allied government unions. We have the most powerful government unions in the country. About 25 percent of all state and local government workers are unionized in in this state. Uh, So New York is right behind us, Illinois behind them. But this is a powerful group we're going to battle against. And what's really at stake for them isn't a vaccine. It's not community health. It's raw political power. It is pathetic. But it is reality. Uh, Will Swain, president of the California Policy Center. Now, I know the folks can get a lot of information by going to the site at CaliforniaPolicyCenter.org. But uh, we've talked about uh, the parents' union. Uh, What else? Actually, this is the action call, right? Time to give the audience homework, Will. Where to get more information, how to help, how to be a part of this movement. Well, I'd love to do that. Yes. So you can go to parentunion.com and find our website there, parentunion.org rather, sorry. And uh, also californiapolicycenter.org. And if you go to californiapolicycenter.org, right at the top of the page is the first piece of homework. 
It's reach out to teachers and help them understand that they can defund their union. They can make their union pay attention by opting out. That means dropping their union membership and refusing to pay the 1200 bucks per year every teacher pays into this godforsaken uh, organization. Uh, then they can also join the parent union, collect with local parents, uh, contact CPC, that's CaliforniaPolicyCenter.org, contact us, and we'll put people in touch with other people in their community and with people statewide. This organization is growing very, very fast and includes teachers, parents, and even in some cases high school kids who've taken on this issue. Yeah, and by the way, as uh, you just mentioned, teachers – over the years, I've had greater success fighting education battles. There are a lot of great teachers out there who just want to do their job. That's why they became teachers. So it's important to bring them into it. Uh, Will, thank you. Uh, thanks for staying the extra minutes, but these issues are important. Such a pleasure, David. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Again, CaliforniaPolicyCenter.org and ParentUnion.org, 866-95-PATRIOT. Quick break. I'll be right back. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.